You're listening to The Course Creator Show, the podcast all about building your online course business. We talk about marketing strategy, making money, and creating a business with impact that gives you freedom and lights you up. I'm Gemma Bonham Carter, a Canadian mom of two, a speaker, a real estate investor, a reality TV lover, and an online business strategist who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs create, launch, and scale their digital course businesses. Let's dive into this episode. Hey there, welcome back to The Course Creator Show. I am really excited. We are continuing on here with Money Month. In this episode, I wanna talk about the financial freedom number. I don't know if you've heard this term before. We're also gonna talk about the FIRE movement and tracking your personal net worth. So we know this. As entrepreneurs, step number one is to figure out how to make money, right? We're just trying to figure out, okay, how can we make some money? How can we maybe replace our nine to five salary? You know, it's that, that's sort of the focus of the first few years of business growth. But once you have that consistent revenue coming into your business, well, then the conversation starts to shift a little bit into thinking about, all right, well, how can I now, like, layer on a a new part of this strategy, which is to make sure that the money that I now have coming into my business makes me more money, right? We want our money to continue to grow. And you might start to shift into thinking around retirement planning and investing and just setting yourself up really well for the future. I know that this has been something that I have certainly been thinking a lot about over, I would say, especially the last like five years of my business and and personal life. You know, we kind of got through the, my kids are now seven and nine. So it was like, we got through those baby years. It really felt like we were living like paycheck to paycheck for sure. I was in the initial starting point of my business, right? And, but now we've sort of moved into this different place where it's really a lot more about investing and really making sure that we are setting ourselves up really well for the future. So I want to talk about that today a little bit. And let's start the conversation by talking about the financial freedom number. Now, I don't know if you've heard this terminology before. It's not at all something that I've like made up. This is very much something that's discussed in personal finance books or podcasts or just like in that niche in general. Let's talk about what it is. So the financial freedom number is, it's basically a term that's used in the personal finance world that represents the amount of money that you will need to either like save or invest to achieve financial independence, meaning you would never need to work another day in your life and you know that you have enough money set aside to be able to live off of for the rest of your days. That's essentially the idea behind the financial freedom number. And it's based on your estimated future expenses and the rate of return you can expect to earn on those investments, okay? So I'm gonna get into that a little bit more. So how can you calculate that number? How do you know what your financial freedom number should be? Well, the way in which they all of the experts recommend to calculate this number is to start by deciding how much you wanna make per year in retirement, 
right? So basically here, you want to estimate what are those like annual expenses you would have once you stopped working? So this is going to mean housing, food, like healthcare, transportation, travel expenses, gifts, clothing, like all other necessities, and basically any other expenses you expect to have in your retirement. Once you have an estimate of that number, so basically how much you want to have an income coming in per year, then you can calculate your financial freedom number by simply multiplying that annual number by 25. And financial experts have gotten to that 25 number by assuming you are going to withdraw 4% of that kind of big savings account each year in retirement, and that your investments will earn an average return per year of 7%. So those are kind of the numbers that they have set aside. Once again, this is not from me. I have not made this up. (laughs) This is just me relaying the information that I've learned from the personal finance world. So let's walk through an example of that. Let's make it really clear. If you want to make 100K per year, in retirement, your financial freedom number would have to be 2.5 million. And the way that I got to that was by saying 100K times 25 equals $2.5 million, okay? So let's go back to that. It's the how much you wanna make per year times 25. That gives you your financial freedom number. So in this example, it means you would need to have $2.5 million saved in your investment portfolio, right? And that can be like across a bunch of different things. Doesn't mean it has to be 2.5 million in one account. It's just like that is the value of your investment portfolio so that you're able to withdraw 4% of that each year to give you that 100K so that you can just pay yourself 100K every year to live on and you know that that 2.5 million nest egg is going to see you through until the end of your days, right? And we're, again, we're assuming that that 2.5 million is making 7% a year. That's the like average annual return on our investment, but we're taking out 4%. Is this making sense? So, you know, your financial freedom number, it's going to be different from my financial freedom number and from my neighbor's financial freedom number, right? It obviously is going to depend on so many factors, like your individual circumstances, what you want your life to look like, like how much you really need in order to live your version of your dream life, right? It depends on where you live. It depends on your lifestyle, your future goals, your age, etc. So it's important to remember that the financial freedom number, it's only an estimate and you might need to adjust it as things change or you know, other factors in life are going to come up, right? Ultimately, You do want to have an idea of where you're headed and have a well-diversified like investment portfolio to help you get there. So now that you kind of have this understanding of the financial freedom number, now I want to talk just quickly about the FIRE movement. Because in addition to the financial freedom number, this is a really popular movement in the personal finance space. And you might have heard of it before. You might have heard people referencing FIRE and not really understood what that was all about. So FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. 
okay? And it's a movement that encourages people to save and invest pretty aggressively in order to achieve financial independence at a young age. So a lot of the people in the FIRE movement are like late 20s, 30s, 40s, and they're retiring. And once they reach that financial independence, like most of them are just retiring early. Some that I've heard like do continue to work or pursue like other passions and interests without needing to worry about money is the idea. So obviously the financial freedom number is a key concept inside of the FIRE movement, right? So a lot of followers of the FIRE movement use the financial freedom number as a goal to work towards. And once they hit that goal, that is when they retire. So by saving and investing enough money to reach that number, they then achieve you know, their definition of financial independence and they retire early. So there are a few key strategies that people in the FIRE movement use to achieve that financial independence. Obviously, the first one is from what I've like read and heard and noticed, like the first one is to save and invest really aggressively. Like often these folks who are really committed to this movement, they have a goal of like saving and investing like at least like 50% of their income. Like they take a ton off of each and every paycheck and start putting it away into savings and investments right away. And a lot of them choose to live like really frugally, right? They minimize their expenses to the bare minimum and they really avoid debt. That's the other thing I've noticed is they're really like unwilling to take on any kind of debt. Obviously, another way to get to that financial freedom number faster is to increase income. So a lot of the people in the FIRE movement are entrepreneurs, whether they're doing businesses full-time or they've created a side hustle in addition to like a, a more traditional nine-to-five job to get them to that financial independent you know, number faster in a more accelerated way, right? But here's the thing about the FIRE movement that I've noticed is that a lot of people in the movement, the idea is just to like hit the bare minimum and retire. So there are a lot of folks who are really into the FIRE movement and they're cool to live in a really frugal way so that they don't have to work anymore. And that's absolutely cool if that's what you wanna do. Like, you know, if I wanted to go live in a van right now and never work again, I, I could I could do that based on my current net worth that I have already created in my life so far. But for me, that's not my version of a dream life. I think it's cool to go on, I would go on a van camping trip for a month, <laughs> but um, that's not what I want for forever, right? The other thing for me is that like, I love my work and I love my business. So for me, it's not about like, my mindset is not about, oh, I'm going to like grind myself to the bone and put away every dollar right now for however many years so that I can quit everything as soon as possible. Like that, that's just not my jam. For me, the sweet spot has been knowing what my financial freedom number is and working towards it, but not in a way that's like so aggressive that means I don't enjoy my life, right? So when my husband and I sat down, we, I I actually went through a period of reading like a ton of personal finance books. It was probably the span of a year. I just like read as many as I could get my hands on. And I still read a lot of them, but maybe not quite as aggressively as I was then. It was like my earlier education days and kind of figuring out personal finance because it wasn't something I was ever really taught. 
and, you know, having grown up with two parents who like were, my parents are research scientists. They worked for the government. They made a very good, you know, paycheck, salary, and have pension plans. And so it was very clear how they were going to live and, and you know, save and, and, but also just like they have pension plans. So their, their future was sort of taken care of, whereas mine obviously is, does not go that way, right? I have no pension from my business. I need to make my own pension plan, right? And so this has been a big conversation point for my husband and I just to be really, we talk a lot about money and we are very much on the same page and we have talked a lot about our goals and how we're going to get there and really how to be smart about our money. And so we calculated our financial freedom number a while ago. And I I will say it has actually changed a little bit over time, but it's been really good to know what the financial freedom number is because when, you know, while we know what we're working towards, we also are very clear about the need to stay present and enjoy every minute of our lives right now, right? So we're very conscious of our spending in a lot of areas of our lives. And even as like our, you know, income has increased over the last like five, 10, you know, 15 years that we've been together, honestly, like in a lot of ways, we live the same way we did when we lived in our teeny little apartment as young 20-something-year-olds, right? Like with our first jobs, we, you know, didn't increase spend across the board kind of thing. We live frugally in a lot of ways. However, we are happy to spend on the stuff that we really value. So travel, for example, is something that we'll never hesitate to like spend on because we really value traveling. Another example would be extracurricular activities, whether that's for our kids or for ourselves, you know, I've been loving taking these like dance classes that I've been taking this year. And that's not even a hesitation for us because we know how much like happiness and well being our extracurriculars provide for us and our kids. And so that's something that we're totally willing to spend on. So we've really understood like where our, where we place our value. We therefore are willing to spend our money in a in a guilt-free way in those buckets, but then have continued to live with more restraint in some of the other buckets, if that makes sense. So anyway, knowing our financial freedom number, really important because it also just has kept us with a kind of like a North Star of what we are working towards. And that brings me to this idea of a net worth spreadsheet. So when my husband and I figured out our financial freedom number, what we did next was we created a really simple spreadsheet that we update like fairly regularly at this point. I would love to tell you it was every month. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's probably, okay, I really want it to be once a quarter, but I'm going to be really honest and tell you that sometimes it's only twice a year that we update this thing. And that's just life, right? But it is still such a good tool. And even if we only update it twice a year, it's still really valuable. So let me get into this the idea of the spreadsheet and explain it. So basically the idea of a personal net worth spreadsheet is to have it as a tool that is going to allow you to track your investments and your debts over time. So let me back up and just say your net worth 
is the difference, right, between your total assets and your total liabilities. In other words, it's the value of everything you own minus everything you owe, right, minus your debt. So by updating this kind of spreadsheet really regularly, it means you're going to be able to see how you're progressing towards your financial freedom number over time. So in this spreadsheet, you want to have a couple of different headings. The first part is around your assets. So this is everything you own. This is your investments, right? So you have you might have like retirement accounts. You might have money in like index funds or ETFs or stocks or bonds or whatever. You might have other types of assets like real estate or even a car. You want to include the current value of each investment in these columns, right? So you're just like listing out your different investments, big, small, doesn't matter. You're listing them all in this part of the spreadsheet. In the next part, you want to have your liabilities or your debts. So this is going to be like, how much do you have left to pay on any mortgage, for example, or if you have any loans, or if you have any credit card balances that you're carrying. Basically, any debt is what you want to list in that liability section. So let me also just say that this spreadsheet is very different from like a budget, right? This is not like me putting our monthly income and all of our expenses into a spreadsheet and trying to figure that all out. That's not what this is. You can create a a budget spreadsheet, great, but this is something different. This is just about really like what you own, right? You want to see that number moving ideally up (laughs) every quarter or every year or every month, however often you were going to track on this spreadsheet. So it can be really exciting, right? As you see that number moving up over time. It can also alert you to maybe making some different decisions if that number is like staying flat, right? If you aren't, if it's been like a year and you haven't increased your personal net worth at all, well, then you're going to start to say to yourself, ooh, okay, like what can I be doing here to kind of maybe change some of these, like change the, the, the direction in which this is going, so another column of the spreadsheet that I ha- I added and I found it really helpful was I have it auto-calculate the percentage of our total net worth per investment. Okay, let me explain that. So let's say I have different line items that are like different investment accounts we might have, and then we own a couple of different properties. So those are on like different lines as well. At the end of that line, it is auto-calculating the percentage based on our total personal net worth. It's telling me like, okay, this one line item accounts for 12% of your total net worth. And this, the reason why I really like this particular part of the spreadsheet is because it lets me see how much of my net worth is sitting in one thing versus another. So I might look at it as a whole and see, okay, well, how much of our net worth is sitting in our real estate investments versus our like market stuff in the stock market, right? And and are those relatively even? If they're not, maybe I'm going to look to make them more even, right? Maybe that's going to help guide some of my decisions. It might even show me, okay, how is it like maybe my personal net worth is really heavy in this one property versus 
the two others if I own three properties? And what can that tell me, right? Where where is that giving me some clues into like what's working? Or again, do I need to diversify a little bit more? So I really like that part of it too. So once you have this spreadsheet created, it's actually pretty easy to go in and update. Like you're just going to, if you have investment accounts, you're just opening up your investment accounts. If you have like a mortgage, you're just going to open up your, you know, account with your mortgage and see how much you have left, you know, what's the debt of your mortgage, all that kind of thing. You might need to make some, uh, from a real estate perspective, you might need to make some best guesses in terms of what's the value of that piece of real estate right now. So that might be like you looking at the marketplace and putting a price based on, you know, an educated guess of what your house is worth or what that property is worth given the current market. You could, you know, put it up by a a conservative percentage every quarter or every year, however often you update this spreadsheet. It's sort of up to you how you calculate the the real estate piece. Um, and for me, I try and honestly, I'm, I'm trying to be pretty conservative because I don't want to like overshoot things. So I'm pretty conservative in my spreadsheet of like how much our different pieces of real estate are worth. But anyway, that's the idea behind the spreadsheet. And it is such a cool tool because what is really nice about it is once you have it created and then you just update it with the regularity that works for you, once you've been doing it for a while, it's really amazing to be able to go back and look over the years and see how far you've come. Because sometimes, I mean, this is like anything, right? It feels like you're making no progress. And then you look back at where you were a year ago or three years ago or five years ago, and it's unbelievable how far you've come. And it can just be so motivating and just give you like such an incredible feeling of gratitude, right? So here's your homework from this episode. Number one, I really encourage you to go and calculate your financial freedom number if you haven't done that before. And listen, you might be real far off retirement Like I certainly am like, this is, I am not planning to retire anytime soon. I have no interest in retiring anytime soon. I love what I do, but it has been a really useful exercise for my husband and I to know what that number is and to generally know what we're working towards, right? What our goal is. So calculate your financial freedom number by looking at how much would you want to have per year in retirement? How much are you wanting to make per year? And this is generally like, um, a pre-tax number, and times that by 25. That's going to give you your financial freedom number. Your second piece of homework is to create a really simple personal net worth spreadsheet. You can do this like in a Google spreadsheet, okay? It does not need to get more complicated than that. Put in all of your investments and put in all of your debts and then figure out, you know, all of your investments minus all of your debts equals what? That is your personal net worth, that number that you get. And and you can see, okay, what is that number versus what's my financial freedom number? Like what's the gap there? How far do I need to go in order to hit my financial freedom number? Then I want you to put a recurring appointment on your calendar. This could be every quarter to sit down and update that spreadsheet, okay? And maybe use it as an excuse, not an excuse, but use that as an opportunity to have a personal finance date with yourself and or with a partner, if you have one, to talk money. 
I think the more often we look at it and talk about it and analyze it and dream about our big vision, right? The better handle you're going to have on it, the more comfortable you're going to feel about it, the fewer fights you're going to have about it if you do have a partner, the less anxiety you're going to have on it, right? The more, if you're just like, if you never are looking at it because it scares you or maybe it does make you feel anxious, I think in my experience, the best thing is to just get is to do it and get, the more I have done it, the more comfortable I got with it. And actually the more exciting it became because all of the, maybe the anxiety or the fear or the unknown or any of that stuff just kind of like crumbles away the, as you get more comfortable with it. So those are my pieces of homework from this episode. I would love to hear from you if this has resonated in any way. If you do these things already in your personal finance life, I would love to hear about it. Um, So we talked a lot about money today, one of my favorite topics. And honestly, if you want to learn how to make more of it, if you maybe are in that season of your business where you're really trying to grow, I encourage you to check out one of my programs. So although I'm an educator in like the digital marketing space, really everything I teach, whether it's inside of Course Creator School, which is for new course creators, Passive Project, which is for experienced course creators, or even in my smaller workshops and offers, ultimately everything that I'm helping you do inside those programs is with the goal of making more money right? Because I am on a mission to help entrepreneurs become more successful and I would love to make that happen for you. So DM me on Instagram if you have any questions about any of my products or offers. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode of The Course Creator Show where I am going to share a deeper look at how I have gotten into real estate investing. That is coming up next. I will see you then. That's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're ready to launch your first course, sign up for our free class in the show notes to learn my method on how to do it successfully and unlock an invite into our signature program, Course Creator School. Or if you've already launched a course and you're ready to scale and go evergreen, it is time to join us inside of The Passive Project, my membership community for experienced course creators. Head to gemmabottomcarter.com forward slash apply to submit an application. If you enjoyed this episode, leave me a rating or review or tag me over on Instagram at gemma.bottomcarter. I would love to hear from you. I'll see you next time on The Course Creator Show.